What up, y'all? It's 2020, and guess who's back? That's right. The Dipcast is back, rebooted, just like all those other... Like everything else. Everything else, pretty much, that's come out. Yeah, this is... We're out of ideas. Let's do it again. Exactly. Hopefully, we're better than The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Oh, I hope so. Mm, All right. Or maybe we've just been gone long enough that you think of us fondly. (laughs) And in case you didn't know, on this Dipcast... It's going to be me, the Death Star. Uh, we have Wade, who you know as SFLU fan. You know, the Supreme High Chancellor and owner and guy who pays for everything on the site. Mm-hmm. Just just reminding you all about that. Oh, that guy. And as you heard right there, we have Soli, as you might know him. Hello, I'm the janitor. I have mop. <laughs> and right here, special guest, or not so special guest, because, you know, he likes to come on whenever he can. Fight Wolf. Is that, did I get it right? Nah, it says who, man. It says who. Which, <laughs> I am very proud to say, I've had that same name for nearly two years now. Attaboy. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. I haven't been Keep on the boards uh, lately, so I was wondering uh, what your new name was, and I, I was kind of disappointed that it hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like says who, because anytime someone says says who, I get tagged, and it's yeah. kind of like this great in joke. Or, or did Wade just say, Namwas, you're done. This is it. <laughs> Cut off. It's so, you know, the, I was just looking. The last time we did this was July 1st, 2018. So we we're looking at about a year and a half since the last time we've done this, which, you know, in the 21st century, that's like a freaking eternity. That's it, right. So much has happened in just that year. So Wade pointed out in the green room. That would be usually two extra marriages for me, but we're <laughs> only studying on exactly, yeah. And it, for Sully, this is, um, you know, this counts as being long-term relationship for sure. Uh, well, we're back, we're rebooting, and we're, I think we're just going to start over with episode one. We mm-hmm. might as well because no one remembers the last time we did this. What was that name of the second the incarnation of Spider-Man? Uh, was it the Amazing Spider-Man, the movie? Uh, that one dude. Uh, we're not quite the new Spider-Man, but we're like right in the middle Spider-Man before they decided to kill that trilogy. That's where we're at right now. But we're not new Coke, are we? No, no, no are, we're not. We're not the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Are we the Spider-Man that came after him, but before the one that before the, the better Spider-Man. one? Yeah. <laughs> The, the one that's now, the one that's in the MCU. No, no, we're not there yet. We have to go through another incarnation. No, no, no. But that guy. But that. But that one sucked. Which right? You don't like that one. We're gonna change it up though. We're not gonna suck because I feel that now that we're older, we've gotten wiser, and I I will hope that we've gotten better at this. So (laughs) I will prove you wrong before this night is out. I may have more gray hair than the last time we did this, but not much else has changed in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) To the video games. Yes, to the video games, guys. It's been uh, pretty much a crazy 2019 in the sense that. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember. I have to say, really, and and I think that's the truth. I think as far as video games go, it's kind of, well, not a, really a lost year, but you're right. What did happen? I, um, I mean, bo- there was, bo- okay, Border, Borderlands 3. Oh, we're going to start with Borderlands 3. <laughs> well, well, I mean, well, I mean okay. we're, I'm just off the top of my head. <laughs> Yeah, Randy Pitchford did a weird, creepy card trick in public. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that, that was more memorable true. than Borderlands Three for me, and I was a huge Borderlands fan. I, I, and look, I, I didn't even bother with Borderlands Three because <laughs> after after playing Borderlands Two, Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary, which is the last video game according to the D1P Games of 2019 thread on the boards, that Good is job. actually the last game that I played in 2000. Holy hell. And that was July 9th, 2019. What a terrible way to end the year. <laughs> well, that pretty much, I think that pretty much soured me on video games, obviously. Uh-huh. And Borderlands. I think that pretty much took care of any Borderlands <laughs> desire I had for eternity. Yeah, nice. I, bought, I bought Borderlands 3, and I got about maybe three hours in, and I realized mm-hmm. this is just more Borderlands. Yep. So I could probably hold off on this. Now, a game from earlier in the year that I'm now recalling I actually played and put too much time into that I enjoyed was Days Gone. I actually enjoyed Days Gone. And I'll tell you, I think history will think fondly of Days Gone compared to its initial reviews. Yeah, I I was... I I can see why it wouldn't get, you know, the critical claim of Horizon or of God of War or Uncharted Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a level of polish that uh, is not... that's lacking in days gone but i was very impressed with how fun the side quests were how they all dealt with really the main story and i was very impressed with the hordes like i have very fond memories of just driving the motorcycle and running into a horde out of nowhere and just hauling ass out of there yep yeah it was a great game so if you want to kind of just tell us a little bit like what the game was about i guess it's a zombie game right yeah, open world survival zombie game with uh, heavy emphasis on narrative. So it's a and Sony game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can look over someone's shoulder while they tell a story. <laughs> However, it adds to its psychotic Tourette's from the protagonist. Yeah, he is. He's a very disturbed guy. Uh, he talks to himself a lot to the point where, you know, I kind of felt bad for him because, you know, you're in a post-apocalyptic world so there are no therapists or psychiatrists he clearly has a mental issue that he should be getting but he's not right. able to and i and, am down and cool with that i'm good with it it's just the part where i've got myself crouched in a bush with a hundred zombies around me and he is literally screaming at people and i'm like that's i'm not positive but that's not stealth yeah <laughs> but there is there's a level of stealth but it's more for uh the human encampments uh the the hordes Here's what I like is that um, is that you know I mean it has the common trope where going during the day is way safer like like that's that's a trope and the hordes are all in their hidingness at that point so during the night that's where they come out and they actually have migration patterns so each separate horde and there's a billion of them they have maybe three or four places that they're going to migrate around through the night until they retreat back to their nest. Right. One of the cool things you can do is lure some of them to the human encampments, to those areas where you can get the upgrades. Um, I forgot the specific name of them, but, but they're the areas where you have to cut off the, the speaker system so you don't attract zombies. Yeah, and then yeah. You go in and you can get a permanent upgrade. The um, NEMA stations or whatever they're called. Yes, yes. I love the NEMA stations because it was always fun looking around. Okay, did I make sure I got all the speakers? Uh-huh. And because, you never did. Yeah, you never did. And all of a sudden, you're just like, <laughs> oh, crap! 
So for those who haven't played, the, the basic concept is you enter a camp, you have to work around the camp, figure out the layout, figure out the wiring diagram of the camp, cut all the wires to cut off all the sound producing objects before you kick over a generator to pop open doors. And you find out at that moment whether you did a good job or not. Toward the end of the game, it becomes old hat and you get real good at it. But early on, you can easily screw it up. Yeah, and early on, I don't even know if you're told that. So you you normally have to find that out by turning on a generator for like maybe the second Nima camp, and then uh, one of the speakers goes up, and you get a little indicator saying there's sound coming from there. So you learn from that. Okay, I need to make sure I get this from now on. It does become old hat, but I maybe I got one perfect. Every other time there was something, but you can use right. that to your advantage. Because one of my fondest memories was trying to infiltrate one of those camps, and a horde came in and wiped out the camp. So I stayed hidden. I let the zombies just destroy all the humans in that camp. They ran off, and I just went and cut down the speakers, man. Like, that was the... Perfect. Speaking of zombies, did uh, any of you guys pick up uh, Resident Evil 2? Yes. Oh, yeah. That, oh, is, yeah. that is, like, one of the three games that I actually played <laughs> was that one and okay and okay as i i love the hell out of it now it includes it's it involves two of the stupidest things in the world anime and zombies and um because because it's you know japanese like anything from japan i consider to be anime and therefore stupid (laughs) um it, it is a um i thoroughly enjoy the living hell out of it i played it um, my total play time on Steam for it was about 43 hours. So that included, um, that included a Leon A, Leon B, uh, excuse me, a Leon A, Leon B, a clear A, and a part of a clear B to get an achievement playthrough. And I think I am going to finish my clear B playthrough before, uh, doing, uh, before Resident Evil 3 comes out in a couple months' time. So, uh, so what about mm-hmm. it separates it from the rest of Japan? Oh, uh, you know, um, great question. I I couldn't honestly tell you. Is there, is it, there any it, uh, any crazy it, it, zombie cleavage in that game? I don't know. I can't say I noticed any. any <laughs> all. Um, I don't consider myself. Did, someone did, did, did they have a, a donable content uh, like bikini suits or uh, you know? No, the... no, no, no. That that would be uh, Dead Island. Hmm. So, which is which is not a non-Japanese zombie game. I just thought it was a really, really... Now, I never played the originals. I never played any... I'm going to straight up tell you right now, this was my first Resident Evil game. What? No kidding. End of story. It, it's yeah, a, okay. It's because okay. you're a PC gamer, right? Correct. So. Exactly. Wait, what so, about Resident Evil 7? That was on PC, right? I haven't gotten around to it, but I've heard it, wonderful things about it. I, I mean, this way, I own it. Just haven't played it. So uh, you would I, like it. You would like it. I'm sure if I you would. like Resident Evil too. I'm sure I would. I mean, I was just I was just thoroughly impressed by it. I just really enjoyed the game a lot, and that, no doubt a very high quality, um, high quality game. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly I certainly liked it better than the other you know Japanese game I played last year, Devil May Cry Five, which was just you know just there for me. Um, but no, I really, really did enjoy the RE2 remake a lot. It, um, I would say that I do wish that they had maybe taken a little bit more from... I know they modernized the control scheme from the tank control scheme in the original game, so I wouldn't mind if they took us some lessons from the evil within. 
And by that, I mean, like, the ability to crouch would have been great. <laughs> uh, your fairy game, I believe you recommended that. I think you recommended that to me. Somebody the Evil Within? I have a very weird relationship with The Evil Within. I actually hated it when it first came out. But then recently, like a couple of years ago, I decided to go back and play certain sections of it. And I liked yeah. it. I actually did that like That exact it. same thing happened to me. I it, canned it the first time I played it. When I came back, I weirdly fell in love with its jank-ass it, mess. It, 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 for some reason, it actually worked when I went back mm -hmm. and played it. You know, And so I do wish that the RE2 allowed me to crouch, uh, allowed me to do a bit more stealth things so that I could crouch and maybe sneak up behind a zombie or sneak past a zombie. Right. I wish they'd gone a little bit further in the modernization of the control scheme. I, I guess they kind of had to keep some jank in there. Just to keep uh, it's, well, well, it's not so much jank. It's more of it's uh, design philosophy. It, it's a it's a design philosophy. Yeah, it's not jank. It's it's a pure design philosophy that um, I'm sure they could have, but they felt well. We do want to. We have moved away significantly from the original control scheme, the tank control right. scheme. Let's not go completely because it's entirely possible that if you did in, include that crouch stealth capability, you might just completely break the yes. game. Right, right. Might completely right. Break because the game. it's 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 puzzle and resource management. Right. And no, I enjoy the hell of the RE2 remake, and with the result, I am very much looking forward to the RE3 remake in a couple months time. Right on. All right. Definitely play. Definitely play seven. That's what actually got me excited about two, was because I had never been super into Resident Evil. I played seven. Uh, not even in VR, which I tried that, and before I even got to any enemies, I turned it off because I was too scared. But <laughs> it's, it's frightening. Um, but Resident Evil 7, I'm like, this is great because it's it's the same thing. It's puzzles and item management, and it's it's really, really scary. And in addition to that, Resident Evil 2, I mean, it basically takes that as a third person, and I think it's a little less – I wouldn't say grounded, but I guess less um, – I think there's some more of an an, an anime comic look or, or a cartoony look to the. I would probably say it is more grounded than Resident Evil Two because uh, I played Seven and it's one of the ones. Probably it's the first person view. Maybe that makes it it's feel the first like, person view. Yeah, that makes yeah, it feel I, more like this could happen in real life because you. But it's also more contemporary, right? Like they're they're avoiding certain Japanese tropes right. that were standard in that day and age, and now so, they're they're trying to you know, embedded in a more Western culture approach. Right. From what I can tell from Seven is Sonny uh, Sully hit it right. It, it does seem like it is more, very much more of an Americanized horror experience, like a saw or something to that effect than uh, what the previous uh, Japanese type. Uh, you know what? The, the, yep. I, I'm, I'm so happy that they can do both. Because the fact oh, yeah, that, yeah. that then Resident Evil Two came out so well, and Seven was like it's a different experience. But you know what? So, so the question is, what what does Eight look like? Is Eight hmm. going continue in the direction of Seven, which was successful? It was a financially successful game for Capcom, right. or do they go back to what we have seen? I mean, I, well, certainly, I, I doubt they're going to. I so here's my theory. Here's my theory on this. So Seven. Uh, faithfully recreates the notion of one house scenario, mm -hmm. right? Right. So from the first game, the, the Resident right. Evil, so to say. So logic says they'll put the next one in kind of like a Silent Hill style city. Hmm. Oh, or well, town. I like, I like you know? that. I like that. Yeah, I did enjoy that. In that once that was one of the 
three. Yeah, like I said, I also played Devil May Cry five. When did, um, that, when did that one come out? How was uh, that? Yeah, March. That came out in what? March or February? Yeah, that one. That won an award, right? Yeah, that came out in March. That won an award at the Game of the Years, right? It yeah, best hair, best or you know, probably. <laughs> did. I mean, it's it's fine. Um, I. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. It's fine. I I I don't consider that it was a waste of my time to play that game by any stretch of imagination. I do have a soft spot for character action games like God of War, made and other things. But oh my god, I cannot remember a big budget game having such incredibly bland environments as that game does. Really? Oh, the environments just make it a chore. It is very. There are two environments: gray city with rubble, Check. and B twisted hellscape. A twi- a red and not even a great twisted hellscape. A very nice. dull twisted hellscape. <laughs> a mild and muted hellscape. <laughs> a, a red twisted hellscape that's supposed to be the roots of this giant tree, and it sure. just and it's dull. The environments are dull, dull, dull. And you think that for something of the pedigree of Devil May Cry Five, you would think that you maybe hey we are not constrained by by reality let's right. go nuts but the environments no and they are bland they're bland <laughs> to the point where they actually do detract from the actual gameplay experience it just becomes a a visual chore to play the game it's just so i never dull. i never really got into the series because i i do not dig on the emo power fantasy vibe mm-hmm. but question was the game not always about mechanics and were the mechanics good for the combat guess- well, I guess mechanics are good. I mean, I am no expert from uh, from the I. <clears throat> I play games like that or God of War primarily as a. I I will freely admit, I just smash the freaking buttons. I really don't. <laughs> boy. I really don't care about learning the combos. I just sure. don't. If I if I execute a combo, it's entirely accidental <laughs> because I just don't care. I am going for the stupid male power yeah. fantasy aspect of it of being this this badass and just tearing through these stupid minions but have zero AI attached to them and just <laughs> exist to be fodder from whatever weapons and abilities I have. That's it. Right. And that's why I'm doing it. These are turn-the-brain-off games. I don't even particularly care about getting S-ranks or anything like that. If I make it through a level and I get like a D, I'm like, huh, I don't care. I made it through yeah. the level. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I, I had my fun, or as I define my fun, in making it through a level. Now, I did try to at least get an A on right. practically all the levels in the game, and I did. I got A's on most of the levels and S on you know a couple of the levels or so, but I really didn't care about uh, doing that. So it's you're right. It's about mechanics. For those who want to explore and engage with mechanics, it's there. And you know, I'm sure that there is some... Everyone who has played Devil May Cry 5 for mechanics says, yes, the mechanics are great on it. I just didn't care about the mechanics as much as I enjoyed indulging my stupid power fantasy. But because of that... I mean, I was just expecting, like, couldn't you guys at least have, I don't know, done something to make this just more visually appealing, these environments, right. and more interesting? Because they And the answer is no. No. They do. <laughs> well, let's move to a, a, a similar genre, but maybe a better example in Sekiro. What do you think? Sekiro was a big game this year. Oh, I didn't play it. No, well, Sekiro, I never was able to get to. I, I know it was from Software's uh, new game that they released on you know, PlayStation and Xbox and PC and all that. I was not able to get to it. Devil May Cry, I, I do want to say, I actually have that on order 
at Best Buy. I bought it for like 10 bucks. Got I had a bunch of gift certificates. So I do look forward to seeing if my opinion of it matches Wade. I right. do think it. I do think it'll be a good uh, palate cleanser because right now I'm like a billion hours into Death Stranding, so I'm probably gonna want like yeah, you know, you're a more linear action game to palate. Uh, to palate nice. Hey, can can I ask you fright for a bonus homework? I know you're who's that, but you're fright. Um, <laughs> can you find out why the Japanese insist on using S instead of A plus? Um, you know. Homework I assignment for next time. Yeah. 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 All right. I'll <laughs> do it. It, it, I, it probably means super. It probably, probably. Means, it super. means special. It means special. special. I know that much, but I don't know why it's special and who started it and yeah. if it started before video games. Gamers see, asking gamers. Well, it's a I mean, new. Like, see, like if in grade school, uh, A plus probably doesn't translate in Japan and S does not translate very well in America. Ah, but they've got A and B, so those, they are fucking with me. <laughs> Could you I got ask Wade, Come uh, on. I think Wade was going to say something about Devil May Cry 5 being a palate cleanser, but I don't think he yeah, did. Yeah, it is, it, you're right. It is. If, you're, if you've managed to endure uh, um, <clears throat> Death Stranding, and that does look like an endurance run to me, endurance uh, to me, yes, I would say it's a, it's a good plan. Because I think, again, your enjoyment of, of Devil May Cry and your opinion of Devil May Cry is going to be in direct proportion to your willingness to engage with the mechanics, with the, with the combat mechanics. I, there's no two ways about that. All right. Uh, you, know, you know, speaking of a pilot cleanser, do you guys remember that game called Anthem? Mm. No. <laughs> it kind of just came and went. Right? Yes, and never, thank you very much for bringing it up. Never heard of it. Listen, no, no, no. Let me tell you about Anthem. Holy shit. I spent five hours on the alpha weekend trying to get <laughs> logged in in the background. I got... No time during the alpha because they couldn't get it off the damn ground. Could no, not get I, it off the ground. I will tell you right now, I did manage to get in an origin over that weekend. And after playing the alpha, I said, you know, I think I've had my fill. I don't want to get into this game. And, and, and he it, pushed it, the plate back. Oh, I, I was in the same boat. I played the beta and then I was like, I was kind of hyped on it. But like the trailer didn't really sell me. And the gameplay uh, definitely didn't sell me on it. So here's bonus facts about Anthem. That causes rage throughout my system. After 100 hours, let's not talk about it. I played Anthem a lot once it launched. I really tried to love it. I embraced what, you, Anthem. Wait, you managed to tear yourself away from Warframe? Yes, yes, I did for a <laughs> while. And I played that fucking miserable, limited piece of whatever, hoping for better days. Until, gentlemen, I learned the value of two-step authentication. As a fine Russian man hijacked my EA account. <laughs> and... I arrived after taking a break from Anthem to check on the, the Cataclysm. I discovered that I now was set back to level three, lost all my progress, wow. and my javelin was, uh, it was looking real Southwestern. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Had flames and everything, bro. What, was there uh, microtransactions for that game at lunch? Uh, there were. And so did, did he manage to buy everything in the store? or Things were protected. Okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> I have financial protection, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not great. That's my review of Anthem. All right, a Russian, a Russian enjoyed it more than I did. You know what? You're, you got the next segue as well, right here. Speaking of Russian, Metro Exodus came out that month too, right? Uh, ah, Metro. I right, guys, Metro. So I don't know what your histories are with Metro, but I played. I played twenty thirty three in Last Light. Gotcha. Okay, so I adore this series. I absolutely adore it. 
And I have to tell <coughs> that Metro Exodus, what the fuck happened? Well, it went semi-open world. That's what happened. Yeah, but can you, like, all right, check this out. The dialogue. Let's just dial in on the dialogue and narrative. Well, the let's first face two it. games. Well, let's face it. Dialogue wasn't necessarily their strongest suit. Agreed, agreed. But they did kind of a interesting, like weird Twilight Zoney thing with the with the Darklings, and the dialogue was kept terse. It was demonstrated that these were low income people that were not very well educated that were surviving in the apocalypse. They were gruff. They were short with all their commentary. So it worked atmospherically. The third game. There's this flowing exposition that's, it's almost jaunty and silly and like they're winking at you saying, we don't really have a plot. Fuck it. Just go with us. I found it very upsetting. Biggest disappointment of 2019. Really? You're pretty big on, ex- on uh, called Metro, right? The Metro series? Oh, sure. love it. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking to me? Yeah, I believe that you, you spoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played, yeah, yeah. I mean, it went uh, well. It launched on the Epic Game Store, so I wasn't going to buy it there. <laughs> so I was going to wait until it comes to Steam. And you know, it's there. Actually, the one year's exclusivity for EGS is up. I think on the twentieth of yep. January. So, and even then, I'm still going to wait for a sale for you it. Should. It's, really it's, it's on Game Pass, so it's there, on Game Pass. But there, but there are certain, but there are certain, but you know what? I yeah, it's fine. I'll just play the Steam version. <laughs> I have a, I actually have a couple of smaller games I want to talk about, but I gotta follow up the disappointment angle because there was one game that was well received that I really thought I was gonna enjoy, and I did, but it was, it, it was, it was disappointing and it felt very empty, and that was Kingdom Hearts Three. Mm. Who saw that, that coming? Yeah, that was very surprising to me because I remember when it, you know, it received that kind of uh, critical attention. I'm thinking, right. oh, that's great to see. I don't, I don't see what would be wrong. But the thing that got me was that it felt empty and small, despite the fact that it was big. So the Pirates of the Caribbean world is really fantastic. It's like its own open world with its own islands and the underwater portions and the island portions, and that's actually a legitimately very cool world. And it, but it also has one of the few Disney bosses in uh, Davy Jones. Here were the things that kind of got me. One, there was no Coliseum in this one. So you get through this really big world. Um, oh, my God. What's Hercules World called? I cannot believe I'm... Called uh, Herculean Land. <laughs> well, it, usually there'd be this great coliseum there, and you could level up there because you'd, and you'd have these great boss fights. Right, you had right. the Ice Titan and Sephiroth in the first one, but this one had none. So they have this big world that you're just going through, and then and then that's it. And so I kept thinking, well, maybe you know, maybe there will be you know uh, something that that pops up later. Nothing did. I thought that was peculiar. Two, there were very few Disney bosses. And the reason I kind of thought that that was a disappointment was because one of my favorite, some of my favorite memories from the first two was playing against a Disney character that you know 
like the back of your hand and having them talk complete shit to you, you know, like Ursula, you know, yelling at her, you know, eel comrades, you know, whatever their names were, you know, for them to get up or, or the genie apologizing for hitting you because he's being controlled by Jafar. Like those are really cool memories, but everything here is like a nobody or, or something like that. And so they don't say anything and they just are there. And so, like, you have, like, a Toy Story world, which, again, is big, but it's empty. And then you get to the boss, and the boss is just this thing. It, it does, you know, it's it's not, you know, the Prospector or Lotso or something like that, which I think would be really cool. The, the, the bosses were not as memorable overall. And at the very end of the game, it's just a boss rush all of a sudden, and... The pacing was very strange. Three, Hundred Acre Woods became... It used to be this thing where you would get a page in each world, and you'd come back to Hundred Acre Woods, and you would do these new puzzles. There are three different, like, Candy Crush kind of games. They're all basically identical to each other with just a couple little differences, and then that's it. And, and then it's done. Perhaps... So it was minimized to avoid showing Winnie the Pooh for our overseas fans. <laughs> uh, it was, it was sad to me. I and oh, Olympus, by the way, that's the name of Hercules' world. Hey, that's um, the place. Yeah. So all that stuff wasn't there. Holobastion wasn't there. Um, on proud mode, I never died, and it wasn't because I was good. I never got good at parrying. <laughs> you can I brag. Never got good you can brag. It's okay. <laughs> Here's the thing: the first game, the second game. I got really good at parrying, and I still died a lot, even on normal difficulty. On this game, I played in pound mode, and I never died. Like, literally, never died, and never got good at parrying, and never died on the final freaking boss, huh. and never got good at parrying. So, was it the same team that made the previous entries? Do we know this? I, I thought it was, but I might be wrong. Um, can, can I go over three other things I didn't like? Yeah, mm, we'll give you one more. <laughs> yeah, one more. <laughs> oh! Okay, well, I can actually make because, two of them. Because, because, because we're still in March. Because no one yeah. really cares about Kingdom Hearts uh, three. Um, finding chests. Here's the thing: finding chests never really mattered. Like before, it was like, oh, I can get something good in the chest. But the big chests, they they always had a map of the area, and you could always find it at the beginning of the world. So it wasn't something you had to search for. And two, if there was a big chest, they just had a gummy phone game. Now, the gummy phone games were were like akin to those 80s and 90s games that you had that were handheld, and the background, you could already see it on the screen, and they would just have this black outline that just had maybe two or three frames of animation. So it would be like you'd, you'd have to move some guy to avoid this other guy uh, stomping yeah. on you. It, it, was, CDs. it was like one of those Tiger games, and I never wanted to play any of them. Like, I tried one, and I'm like, eh. But those were always the things that you would find. So you would find these unfun games, and those would be the big things you could find. That was a big disappointment to me, and for shame. For This, sh this gets a D for disappointment. Yeah, a D for for disappointment, and, and don't bother unless it's <laughs> And darn, damn, and... You know, we like to kind of spread the love here, so I figure we try to shine some light on Nintendo for a bit. Did you guys play that Yoshi game? Uh, there was a Yoshi game? There was a Yoshi game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Craft World. Huh. Yoshi's Craft World. I think there's like uh, at least five people on the boards that played it, right? Um, 
Next question. All right, Division Two. Let's get into the guns. <laughs> um, no, nope, nope, no Division Two either. Nope. Oh wait, we can we can stick on Nintendo for a second. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Three. That was a good game. Yeah, it was very charming, very well crafted. My family enjoyed it. I got that for Christmas. I'll get to it eventually. Right on. Great game I, though. I don't think you will, Wade. I don't think you will. <laughs> Probably not. Probably uh, not. You guys got to give Sega some love because Toe Jam and Earl was a nice game. Are you kidding me? Sega love, man. <sighs> I played Shenmue three for like forty two minutes before turning it off, laughing. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I I didn't get that one, but I did get Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove, and it's basically like a direct sequel to the first. Yeah, yeah. Like, were you into the first ones? Because I I played the first ones as a kid, and I did not know what to do in that goddamn game. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of weird because you gotta have you basically got to avoid um the the human enemies um to get the the ship pieces um around the world and there are different ways to traverse depending on the basically like the presence that you can find and, in each level and the worlds are random generated right some of them are some of them are not like level See, zero that's back i never played it because i had the sneaking suspicion that it was a direct translation of what et for the atari 2600 would have been with a couple more sprites no, this Toe Jam and Earl has a charm to it, and it has it has a lot of really cool secrets. Like one of the one of my favorite things was when I played the original, the very first one in the Sega Genesis. I would go with my brother. We would never try to beat the game. I never beat that game because all we would do is we would fall off the world and get to level zero where there was a jacuzzi and there are these dancing hula girls, and we would just stay there for a half hour. Then we would turn the game off. So like it's not, it's not time <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. So, so you spent thirty <laughs> minutes. All we would do. Thirty minutes. <laughs> Next to the hula yeah. girls, just staring at the hula girls. You know what? That sounds like the burgeoning of confused sexuality being mistaken for nostalgia. Yeah, well, here's the thing. When I did it on, on this one, it was still fun to do because there are a lot of secrets on, like, the northern part of the map, and they have it again, and you, can, and, you, know, and you get good items there. Like, if you go there first, you can get really good items that will help you throughout the game. If you didn't really think the second Toe Jam and Earl was a true sequel to the first. Back in the Groove basically takes the first, adds a few things, changes some things up, uh, but it's 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 a true successor to the first, and it was it was a lot of fun. And it was charming. Nice. All right. Are you guys big fighting game fans? No. Did you, did you guys so did you guys play Mortal Kombat 11? I did. I feel like you don't have to be a fighting game fan to enjoy Mortal Kombat 11. You could just, like, kind of how... It was a cheesy movie that happened to include a fighting game. And my, my son and I played it all the way through. Wait, your son? How old is your son? Seven. And, and uh, he, you're good Lucky with him? Seven. Uh, he's a sophisticated individual. <laughs> to quote my son, Dad, that broke physics. It's very unrealistic. <laughs> so, so your son's saying that uh, the, people can have six spleens and 12 rib cages. He's not convinced there weren't camera tricks involved. I told him it was the magic of Hollywood. No, yeah, this 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 game is uh yeah the single player kind of plays out like a cheesy Hollywood movie, right? Because it's just like the plot, absolutely the plot kind of it's kind of like stuff just happens and you kind of just go with it. You're like, oh, <laughs> you know what it is? It's it's a movie from sci-fi when sci-fi was bad, good, not bad, bad. Yeah, and I come to terms that any anything that takes on time traveling is just you know what. Everything goes out the window. Doesn't have to make sense. There's so much. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it was a good fun game. Uh, I think I played the first half when it first came out. I got into the online. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for fighting games online. Like the first couple weeks, I'm like addicted. And then uh, once everyone starts getting good, I kind of I kind of know where I need to stop. And then I finished the rest of the campaign probably like two months ago. So it, it's pretty good. I don't even, I didn't, you know, to be honest, I didn't even have to remember where the story left off to still enjoy it. I was like, oh, I get it. Mortal Kombat. That's right. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> they're, That's they're, spandex. They're... Got it. <laughs> yeah, There's then, a four-legged uh, or four-armed something in there somewhere. Uh, that kind of thing. Did anybody play um, Concrete Genie? Excuse me? What? <laughs> now that was a Sony game. Um, no, that, that came from, <laughs> yeah, that came from Pixel Opus. But you see, that's the thing. That's why I tell people there are so many different kinds of games that Sony releases. Concrete Genie was a great kind of artsy game where you, you're in this kind of just dead world and you're trying to uh, bring life back to it via painting. So you're, you're so you're basically using like this magical stick to create these. Um, to create these separate genies who help you get through the world. Like, they'll light this thing on fire to get you through it, or they'll move this thing. And you brighten the entire place up, because it's drab at first, and you're able to find new pages of your art book to uh, to add different kinds of patterns, and sometimes you need to use a certain pattern to get the genie to react. It's a very, I would say it's, it's a very relaxing game. There's no time limit really. Uh, it does turn into a more of an action game in the final, uh, I, I would say maybe hour. Uh, but most of it is just this, this relaxing thing. It's no stress. You just come home and play it and you just take your time as much time as you want or as little time as you want. It's a, it's a really nice game. It kind of got overlooked, but it's by um, the kind of like the straight out of college uh, development team in Sony called Pixel Opus. They're relatively new. They were created this generation, and they made Entwined in 2014. But Concrete Genie, I think, was a, was a far more realized game. <coughs> right on. I you did not play it. No, I, I can't say that I, I even heard of that game before. But, it's but good to know. that's cool. It's good, yeah, it's good to it's know, good to know that, uh, you know, I about two years ago, I, I made the realization that I was going to be good with the fact that they're going to make 50 times the amount of games I will ever have the chance to play. So it's it's kind of cool that you're there's so much that came out this year and I can only think of like six games. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah you know, we, we kind of glanced over in the beginning that we we don't even know what happened this year, but there's there actually did happen. A lot happened. So. Well, like this way, the last full game that I played in 2019 and finished was Rage 2. That pretty much <laughs> explains why I stopped for the rest of the year. Jesus, you played this crap. And, de- and, de- <laughs> and decided, you know what? Maybe it's time to hit the gym again. Yeah, <laughs> time for a little break. Yeah. Okay, yeah. speaking of breaks, I think we've talked enough about games we were disappointed by. How, what, what, was your, what was your favorite game of the year? Death Stranding or Days Gone, but Death Stranding has been amazing. Um, by default, it's going to be <laughs> Resident Rage Evil. Two. It'll be yeah, no. By default, it'll be Resident Evil Two. Right, I mean, right. I mean, it would be. You dropped out like in July. You said because in July, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Your year ended early. Way what, early. What about you, Def? Um, for me, actually, it was we didn't even talk about it. And I don't know how we kind of skipped it. It was Apex Legends. Um, oh, yeah. 
that game just kind of took over my life for a while. Uh, I went, and I'm not even into PUBG type games or Fortnite games. I I, I kind of gave up on them as soon as Fortnite came. So I was like, yeah, this is this is not for me. But the way Apex did it, they knocked it out the park. Like I I can't nice. believe that because Call of Duty did that come out? That came out before, right? So they that, what, that was their the battle royale mode? mode. Yeah, the yeah, blackout mode came out the year before, or like late in the year of 2018. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is what a like a one of these games looks like with the popular, you know, FPS. But then Apex was just like, it, this is called this is Timefall, but they slowed it down enough to where it makes sense. And uh, and you know, right. they're, they're constantly updating. They just released an update and uh, with like seven different type of game modes. So that that's gonna have to be my game of the year so far. Or right was, on. I guess. It's over. Okay. That's oh, true. As far as multiplayer gaming last year, I did play Battlefield 5 for like five hours and realized, <laughs> you know what? Nope. This, this is dull. <laughs> this is just boring as hell. It was, you know, and the thing was that I think what a complaint that I had, and I, in, in, the, in the chat in Battlefield 5, I actually did mention and I got agreed to it. It lacked this, when, at least when I was playing it, because it was shortly around release. It didn't have the spectacle of Battlefield One. Battlefield One had a lot of spectacle to it. It was the World yeah. War One setting. It had those stupid behemoths that would come in, but even still, it added spectacle to the thing. It and Battlefield Five, the World War Two setting, it felt much less grand. It felt much less. It was there was just much less spectacle to it. And sure. it was like yeah. I was, was like, even though it played better. I mean, it was still the Frostbite engine, which means it still played like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, the no, I agree, though. They, they still... seem to have made a conscious choice to do these little vignettes. They want to do these personal stories, and I don't think it paid Oh, well, well, I didn't even bother with the freaking single player. Because <laughs> it's Battlefield single player, and I'd rather shoot myself in the head. But I think, I, I hear you, but I think that that design choice led to the lackluster set pieces in multiplayer as well. I, Probably it could have because it was just, it was just, it, there was nothing in the in the multiplayer that that stood out that really stood, yeah the movement was slightly better the shooting was somewhat better but it Battlefield One you got the sense of all right this is Battlefield but you know it right. was it was kind of neat like for example the, let me tell you what really made the in Battlefield One you would have the option at the start of the round to do a whistle, like they did in World War One, where they would go over the top of the trench the, the, sure. and the, the whistle. That added atmosphere to Battlefield 1's multiplayer. No, none, there was no equivalent, at least in the time that I was playing it. It was just... It, the atmosphere just wasn't there. And so, so would you say that it is the Kingdom Hearts 3 of Battlefields? <laughs> sure. I mean, why not? I mean, it's a, it's probably a good thing that EA is taking a year off of Battlefield. They've said that the next one is going to release in 2021. So yeah. I so, think EA as a whole should take a year off. Oh, they oh look, they did give them credit. They did finish strong with Fallen Order, which is what I've started to play. Yeah, getting back into it as well. I'm impressed. I mean, it's not. Hey, quite- it's the best Star Wars game. Hey, <laughs> it's not a high bar. EA is lucky to have respawn, pretty much. Oh, that's yes, that's what it amounts to, and and I think, and we can say that where the fact that Zempella is now going to be heading what used to be EA Dice, 
I right, mean, Dice, Dice, Dice L.A., they've essentially handed him that responsibility. So. And, and look at that history right there. Yo, no kidding. Now, talk about a convoluted e- history between EA and and uh, Zempella and, uh-huh. and Respawn. It's like the abusive girlfriend that keeps saying she's going to change, man. She's going to change. Yeah, but this time they just gave she just gave him the apartment and yeah. kicked the other guy out. So it's, uh, it's, it's a big time for him. It, it'll be interesting to see how how that relationship goes between Respawn Entertainment yeah. and EA. Seeing as how you're right, Death, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Other than Apex and Fallen Order, EA had nothing. I mean, how pers- yeah. uh, another uh, Need for Speed game came out that didn't do anything. I, that's a franchise they well, put on ice. No it, doubt, they thought Anthem was going to be the next oh, Destiny before yeah, Destiny yeah, failed yeah. us. And it didn't. I mean, that's got to be the biggest AAA commercial flop of the last 10 years, don't you think? Can we think of a bigger one? You know what? I I can't think of one that's pretty much going to kill a studio faster than that game. Because uh, right. BioWare is just in shambles, right? Like, the, everyone's oh, yeah. leaving again. That's it, right. They've got BioWare's problems. I mean, it is a it is between the relative you know disaster that was Andromeda the um between with with apex legends they've got a lot riding on the next dragon age title and which won't work out i mean look which, uh, here, here's reality reality is bioware rose to the position it did because the two folks at the head had a very clear vision design vision <coughs> of what they wanted to do and they controlled it with an iron fist and yeah. the second they lost that the the employees left behind were not visionaries they're capable people but they weren't visionaries and when you're in a corporate environment and you don't have a team leader to stand up for you, that's what happens. Dragon Age Inquisition is what happens. I don't know if I ever want to play because it seems like a... It's, I mean, in a way, it is a last-gen game because it was cross-gen, but it really ha- seems to have like last-gen sensibilities where it's like, here's just a bunch of stuff and some fetch quests here or random side quests there. But, you know, like it got Game of the Year awards at the time. Yep. But sure did. that year was kind of weak. You it was know? 20, like, that, that was 2014, which is regarded as a pretty weak year. Yeah. yeah. Plus, sometimes when a game comes out with a certain pedigree you, from a certain company, there's a little bit of spin on the ball, and we have to let ourselves accept over time that maybe we got screwed. Well, well here's the thing with, Dra- with Dragon Age. like The best game was the first one, and like... They're never going to go to that formula anymore. I I can't see uh-huh. them making another one of those. No, they, they absolutely Although, are not. That I'll is... tell you, no, no, they're done with that, hopefully. But I will tell you what was surprising. Did anyone actually go back after all the hoopla and play Andromeda? Because I did. And it wasn't bad. <laughs> you know what? You're talking it's crazy, too late. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not. About. I'm not. You're I'm not. Crazy. I, I, know, I know the crazy physics and the goofy graphics and all the blah, blah, blah. But if you just put it aside and jump in. And play for a while. There's there's good content in there. Is it as good as the high points of other Mass Effects? Absolutely not. I'm not suggesting that for a moment. But I am telling you that there's a perfectly serviceable, solid RPG within its housing. You're not going to trick me, Sully. I still got plenty of <laughs> games to get you. to. No way, man. But you know that actually gets me to another point where it's like, you know, for a lot of us. We don't always play the new releases when they come out, right? Like last year, oh, oh no. I played 2019 <laughs> games, but there were a lot of 2018 games I played, 2017 games, and it's something I've been thinking for a while. I think all like 
after this year's done, even though this year looks to be a, a great year in terms of gaming, um, after this year's finished, no gaming site should do any game of the year um, awards, or at least no message board should do any game of the year threads because the best time to do them is like two years after the fact. <laughs> because when we do them, we're just ordering basically what we played up to that point. Whereas, like, by the time I finished 2019, my 2018 list would have been way different because mm-hmm. Astrobot Rescue Mission and Dead Cells. I think, you know, I think, I I think that what, what I think we could do, maybe in a few, would be what was your game of the year, irrespective of the year that the game was released. Sure. What we could I, do is too is like we could probably do like a, a thread for five years ago, and then the next year we'll do it for five years from then. So kind of keep like a five-year yeah. uh, pad so right, right. you can get all the, the hype and all this stuff. You're far away from it because most of the time, Game of the Years is is driven off hype. You know, you're, you're just like... Oh, absolutely. Sure. What people are talking about at the time because uh, like like uh, yep. Marco said, uh, you know, my Game of the Year for 2016 you know, at the time is totally different from what I would say it is now. Sure. Oh, and yeah. this is this is going to become more relevant as the width, uh, uh, depth, and breadth of the amount of games and the styles of games keep increasing. Gaming has gone from being something you could drink as it came down the pipe to, like, music. Eight million artists I don't know about, you know? So there's just so much out there. You're going to fall behind. Speaking of, uh, of like, the subscription base. Oh, wait. I didn't say my game of the year. You You, You said Mass Effect Andromeda. No, no. Come on. That's not my game of the year. (laughs) Son of a bitch! No, um, it's so outward. A, an extremely punishing RPG. It is, and I loved it. Say what you will, it probably informs very much what my Tinder account would look like, I suppose. But the fact is, Outward is an amazingly masochistic experience that once you learn to submit to that world's rules and figure out how to become effectively efficient in its economy, it yields. It is a wonderful experience. You're saying it's like Warframe. Nothing like Warframe. In case you guys are wondering, Outward is a third-person RPG. Well, why don't you describe it, Sully? Because I know that there... I think I know what Outward is, but I don't think um, a lot of people will know about Outward. Boys and girls, gather around. Outward is a game in which you discover you have no fucking sense of direction without a map. You have no sense of what can kill you, and you're particularly untalented. So, real life... Yeah, exactly. It is a truly a life simulator. Uh huh. It's fantastic. And I, and I believe that you uh, you do have to eat, you do have to sleep, you do have to drink. All right? of it, and you can catch right? a cold or get a disease. You can break <laughs> a bone. Um, I I don't want to spoil it, but there is a major thing that can happen in the game that floored people. And there's basically two two camps on this: people quit the game or keep people keep playing. And it's a completely preventable thing. It's just that in every other video game where they say it, it doesn't really happen. In this one, it does. So oh pay God, attention. I almost, I almost want to know what the hell it is now. Oh, uh, but I can't tell you. You can look it up. Trust me. Just look for outward and curse words together, and you'll find it. <laughs> All right. It is not a PC-only experience. I believe it is available on the Xbox One and the PlayStation as well. That is correct. And yeah. it is my game of the year, and it is fantastic. Yeah. What I do think was interesting is that we have seen, uh, speaking of Game of the Year, was that a lot of the major media sites did go very non-traditional for their Game of the Years and their things. I mean, okay, look, look, let's let, put it this way. Death Stranding is a very anti, 
AAA, AAA experience. Um, True. Right. Um, we saw Disco Elysium mm-hmm. up there on mm-hmm. many lists, which, oh so boy. So good. Which, and oh deserve boy, it. Which, oh boy, you want to talk about anti-AAA? That thing is it's a, it's a PCC RPG, which is going to be releasing for the consoles uh, later on this year, um, which is heavy on reading, um, highly stylized in its views, but that was up there. And a game that has won several Game of the Year awards that, you know, is also a very non-traditional game is yep. the, uh, the Outer Wilds. Yep, yep. Not to be mistaken with the Outer Worlds, which was perfectly competent, but not particularly good or bad. So the Outer Wilds, like, have, did you guys ever complete it yet? I, I haven't even I, played it. I've gone on a couple of loops on it on um, Xbox Game Pass. I like it a lot. I'm kind of like on the, not on the fence, I would say, but I got, I started playing it because of all the hype. You know, people were just like, like, you would just see the reviews, like, you know how you see in movies, the single taglines, like, the best game I've ever played in my life. And those, that came up a lot with that game. And I, like, just the intro, though, just to let people know, you have to go through it because it's very boring, the beginning. And I hate flying that stupid ship. That ship sucks. But once you get past that and you get into the loop, you start seeing for what it is. Um, That's what it is, right? It's like iterative and incremental where it pulls the camera back each time. Yeah. (laughs) It is is a really unique experience. And one of the things that was interest that is very interesting, and as we're segueing into the the new model of the consoles and the subscriptions, the developers of the Outer Wilds essentially said that they think that the subscription services like Game Pass um, does allow for developers experimentation for these yeah. weird and unique experiences that you will not be that if you were to follow the traditional route would not really stand much of a chance but right. the but the risk for trying them you know as a as a player or as a developer um to create them it's 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 becoming fairly marginal it's not well it's not non-existent but it's significantly reduced. And this was a very interesting interview, I think, for Gama Sutra, the developers of the Outer Wilds, because they've had tremendous success with right. it. Yeah, the- it, it, it launched with the Game Pass, right? Like, it, it, it yeah. wasn't, yeah, like, when it launched, it was on Game Pass, you could buy it on and, Steam. And, um, and, no, EGS. It was EGS. EGS. So I think, I, I think it points to a theme, which is, once again, and we talked about this a year or two ago, <laughs> you know, the last podcast. The last um, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Episode, um, uh, you know, negative... 12 or something it is interesting to see the age-old adage the more things change the more they stay the same because once again we have a situation where the leviathans of the gaming industry are are failing to produce despite gobs of money thrown at things and it's the indies who are picking up on two distinct themes Mm -hmm. games you can't get anymore and games you've never played before and that split that 710 split is picking up just the pins i need the so when you say the games you can't play anymore, like for example, you're talking about something like what, like Disco Elysium, for example, which is right, a, right absolutely. You know? So uh, it's it's specific styles, mechanics, and sensibilities that are not considered modern, and right. therefore not considered quote unquote good for the mainstream, which I disagree with. It's what drew me to Dark Souls in the first place. I went, oh, this reminds me of games where there was no instruction manual and they were cruel, and I had to figure them out, and I felt accomplished. You know, it's funny. I I actually um, around where I am, there's 
an actual uh, video game program at a local college here, and I had spoken to them um, for a story, actually, about basically the art of making a video game. And one of the things was, you know, kind of similar to World 1-1 in Mario 1, it's you give them a section where, the, you know, you can experiment with, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with the game mechanics and what the enemies do and you know, what these blocks do and all that. And then, and then you go. And um, what, what, I, what I find amazing is that there's a lot of things that the Souls games do not explain to you. Um, a, a great example is when I play Bloodborne, which is one of my absolute favorite games of this generation. I was watching Slug on the message boards. No, yeah, I was watching Slug, and Slug was watching me, uh, you know, during our playthroughs, and I was kept trying to, like, punch all the enemies. I didn't know how the heck <laughs> to equip an item, and it was really <laughs> easy. You just touch the touchpad, and then you start equipping stuff. But I couldn't figure that out at the time. It just literally did not tell me at that point. And I think you have to look at these little notes on the ground at the um, um, at the Hunter Stream. In the Hunter Stream, so yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it was not, it did not explain it to me. And I had asked him about that. And he's like, well, some games can break the rules, I guess, and, and, and still be quite spectacular. So Absolutely. it was kind of interesting where you're taught a certain way, but certain developers, you know, and I guess, you know, once you reach a level of proficiency or just because that's how your mind works, you can break it, and it still turns out great. So, yeah, just a little art of video game stuff just to add to that. Yeah, right on, Matt. Good call. So if we, so if we were to evaluate 2019, just to wrap up the 2019 discussion, as far as mm-hmm. it affected the big three and the PC, I, I actually do think, for my purposes, that the clear winner in 2019 from the standpoint of just even from not even necessarily from sales but just from zeitgeist for it it's got to be microsoft it has it has to be microsoft Hmm. and i'm going to tell you why because of game pass game pass is a game changer in the industry a literal game more so than the EA's, whatever it is that EA has, or the mm-hmm. or the, so, the the garbage that Ubisoft rolled out. Um, <laughs> so I'll but, agree with you on this basis. Uh, I will say this: I think uh, they have smartly and correctly recognized that Sony has eaten their lunch in the traditional model. There's no catching up. It's not yep. going to happen. Sorry, Xbox fans. And I don't think they care. And they don't care. That's the thing. They they pulled a, a Nintendo with the exception of actually understanding what the internet is. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're doing their own thing with a network-based set of code that they can do something with. Yeah, and, and that's their strength. Is that they are they are moving. I mean, they ended look. They ended the year with showing here is what the new console is going to look like. You mm-hmm. know, they they, yep. they end they ended it with showing it. But in the meantime, they've they've gone and said you're it's you're going to you're going to play, it's going to be fully, well, fully backward compatible, but it's going to be everywhere. And they've recognized their environment. They've yep. recognized their environment. And they've gone to say, and for example, they're like, they've, they've said, you know what, we're going to put things on Steam. Because we know that that's, that it'll sell there. Halo's yep. on Steam. Gears of War's on Steam. That's you, right. You know, I mean, they've essentially, I think they have, they're as close 
to be effectively right now, I think if you gave them a chance, they'd be more than happy to put stuff on the other two consoles if they could. I think Microsoft has essentially said, we're now agnostic. And, we and are now platforming Absolutely. On. And, and I they're think, fully positioned to do it. And, right? and, and I, I agree with that, but I can see where traditionalists are upset with them. Where oh, like, for oh, sure. What? Like, well, no, 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 because because this is the thing. Because like, I'm I'm excited for it, right? Because okay, we're going we're on the new consoles, right? They released a little rectangle box, which I'm I'm hyped. I know people are like, I can't put that under my TV. It's like, oh, I know where to put that. Like, it doesn't have to be under my TV. Best well, air freshener home assistant. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and but you know they showed it vertical, but it can go horizontal. Sure, they're, sure, they're pretty confined. Yeah, they were having I mean, their monolith moment. That's yeah. what they were going but, for. But, there. but you know, you know, people are going to just—they're not going to think that. They're just—they're—they're going to think oh, what they course. don't like, right? So then there's that, and then there's the fact that this is the thing that I'm excited for because we were just talking about, like you know, we're not going to. Like right now, it's going to be 2020 new consoles. I'm still going to be playing games from 2017, 2018. And I sure. know that I can do that with Xbox. Xbox Correct. already yeah. said, hey, everything's coming over as far as like whatever they have for original Xbox to Xbox 360 to and, Xbox and, One. And, and then Microsoft just this week said, at least for the first couple of years of the life cycle, there are not going to be Xbox Series X Exclusive. exclusives. Right. They are going to they are going to be you'll be able to play it on the Xbox One um, as well. The Xbox One X right now you'll be able to play it on just the uh, whole Xbox. I guess the whole Xbox the family, spectrum. right? Yeah, the, the, the spectrum. spectrum. And, right. I, and I think I think the reason why you guys are so like accepted of that is because you guys are PC. You guys know that you know what it's going to be prettier. And I think well, like, well, yeah. I mean, look. Bottom line, sure, I want everything on PC. I run a high-end rig for a reason. But I will tell you that Microsoft has done this correctly because yeah. there's no there's no penalty or punishment to staying with a console. And I might point out, Scarlet that they just displayed is a badass console from a hardware perspective. If those specs are correct, this is the closest we've ever really come between PC and console parity. Truly. I mean, 12 teraflops is a nuts amount of power for a console. And just that, nuts. And that's definitely what explains the way it looks because that thing's going to generate heat like up the wazoo. Uh, <laughs> like, but, but, the, Maybe. But, but let's go back to this because the thing is I keep seeing is people are like, well, my games aren't going to be the best that they can be because now they have to parody with the old consoles. But I don't right. see it that way. I, 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 <laughs> I, well, let's, let's it's not to, an issue. No, no, no. It's, it's, so listen, so here, here's some quick math and, and understanding of why that's not really an issue. <laughs> First and foremost, it's the biggest upgrade to the next-gen systems is not their graphics card. It's not their RAM. It's, it's not the CPU. It's none of the, any of that shit. It's the SSD, yep. specifically the NVMe interface SSD. So what people need to get their heads around is this. I know everyone thinks it's just storage, but at the speed NVMe can be used, it can be used for basically page filing like you do on a computer, meaning that the, the management of memory and the spooling of huge data sets to create open worlds is going to be a lot smoother now. But, but that kind of tech and those engines are still coming along right now. Microsoft's in no danger not having an exclusive to the console in the first 18 months because, let's face it, what are the chances out of the gate there's going to be an amazing game? What uh, was that one? Zero. Right. Zero. What is zero? <laughs> zero. What is zero. I mean, what is... Flashy graphics with no substance. 
That is tradition. Sometimes you get a good campy game or a cult classic, you know, but mostly not. I mean, Microsoft has the chance to to repeat the original Xbox with another really good Halo. I mean, that's I'm really uh, hoping I'm really hoping that but, they do it again. But you don't. But, I hear you. I just you don't, I just but, the but, thing I don't understand is if there's not going to be if there's not going to be any exclusives, that means it's still being tied to base Xbox One, right? Like if you can. Any game that's available on the Series X should presumably be available on the base, which most people actually own. It's, yes. Most people don't own the Pro. Most people don't own the X. Most people are own the base consoles. I still have sure. my launch PS4. Yep. That I'm very curious about because there are some games that would be totally different games if they were on the previous-gen system. You know, um, Death Stranding, I don't even think, is possible on last-gen systems, right? But even just sure. looking at the first couple of years... Uh, Killzone, you know, wasn't a great game, but just as far as just as far as the size of the game and what the game was doing, I feel like it, you'd have to do way more than just okay. tone down the resolution right. for it to well, work. No, so 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 here, this is what's different between these generations. Hardware-wise, we need to picture a curve, right? And picture diminishing returns on that curve. The fact that the Xbox One X sits at six teraflops. And that the, the successor is at 12. From a 4K perspective, that's not a lot of difference. It really just isn't from a pure grunt perspective. That's why everyone's hyping the CPUs, which, by the way, they will help. They're not going to change the world. They really are not. The biggest impact is going to be the SSD once it comes on board is from a design perspective. Whoa. But my point being, the Xbox One X will become the 1080p variant, whereas the Xbox Series X will be your 4K system. Or, or, or the, if, if, well, or the 1440 system. Or the 1440 with let's, checkerboard. Let's, it's let's, all going to blur. No, no, the 4K will be the checkerboard. It'll be 1440 native. Correct. Right. right. Or, Internally rendered at 1440p. And then upscale checkered board, whatever. Which, to which is which will still be, be. Oh, it's great. Which will be much nicer than what you have now, which is 1080 internally rendered, and then checkerboard is a 4K. Absolutely. Well, and well, let's and let's face it, image well, quality is a final output of a lot of factors, not just resolution. Undoubtedly, exactly. some of the best graphics of this generation were still playable reasonably, more or less, on a base PS4. So mm -hmm. if you throw. $80 million at a game, it's going to look good. Ho hopefully. I look at Andromeda I, again. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still very curious because the, the base Xbox was so weak. Like, I still remember Ground Zeroes from Elgar Solid 5 running at 720p. TF was actually the PlayStation 4 at launch. Tethering to that, I, I'm very curious about. I, I do think... Um, I, I am excited about next gen though because <laughs> I mean we've been on this one for seven years. Um, and when they released that great Wired article for the PlayStation Five last year, um, it just sounded so good. The, the mm -hmm. that thing looks like it's going to be a great machine. Um, and it, what I'm happy about is that they simplified things for the PS4. So backwards compatibility is going to be a very easy thing. Like it's oh, it'll a, be guaranteed. Yeah, we already know it's going to play PlayStation 4 games. It's going to play mm -hmm. PlayStation VR. So if you want to be part of the virtual reality community, which I now am, and I have to say Astrobot Rescue Mission, 
fantastic great, game. Huh? Yeah. Fantastic game by Sony Japan. That's why I always laugh at the Sony template thing, because you have this colorful platformer that is so good from Sony Japan that is like one of the big games for PSVR. It's a lovely, lovely game. I hope they make a sequel. I'm now super excited about a new platformer. But I like that this is all going to carry over to the PS5, and then it looks like it's going to be a good machine. And as a reminder, and I'm, I'm still shocked at this, on the Xbox and PlayStation Instagrams, I'm still shocked that the actual picture of the Xbox Series X has way fewer likes than the freaking PS5 logo, which is the same font. <laughs> you know, like, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, you know, when your brand is that powerful, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know. Well, sure. Well, um, the, well, I was gonna say the thing with the PlayStation brand—that's how that's what Sony knows because they just released the logo and the crowd went nuts. Like, well, right. and, and, all, and, and and look, there there is still look the, the the fact of the matter is is that the Xbox is still a North American and UK centric system. Totally. Where, whereas the the PlayStation is it's still a very baby. very global system. That that's yep. what it amounts to. It, it and is. and so this is why Microsoft's done what they've done. Because look, reality is this: whether anyone realizes there's all the speculation about the hardware. I, I want everyone to know this: when you tear down a PS5 and you tear down the next Xbox, boy, they're, they're going to be virtually identical. identical. Virtually yeah. identical. AMD is like. Both companies get in their contract the right to lie about custom they're, whatnot. They're, it's BS. They're, they're identical now. They are identical now. They just changed the sticker. This whole argument over like, but this one will have one more T-flop than oh. the... Stop it. Just yeah. stop I it mean, now. I mean, definitely Microsoft's not going to do the same thing they did with... I mean, because the difference between... Like, what was it? When the original console released 720 between 900p is pretty big. Like, at least visually, like, yes. if you look at it. So... This is what's happening, and this is what people need to understand about hardware as it translates to visual power. We are losing discernibility as resolution rendering techniques improve. We have enough horsepower that the discernible difference between 9 teraflops and 11 teraflops, good luck. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. Now, it's going to be extremely difficult from from the... and And... Again, I come back to the nature is that Microsoft's business strategy has now changed where, yes, it's wonderful that we have consoles, uh, a console, a very powerful console put up there. But they really do, they are moved decisively in the direction of your software is everywhere. Well, think, think, right. think about it this way. Microsoft is not selling PCs, computers. They're selling software. They're, selling, they're not even selling Always. software anymore. They're selling a service. Windows, Office 365, that's a service now. You, don't, you can't even download that software anymore. It's a that's service. Right. And, yep. uh, and I think that's where Microsoft – and I think I can, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, like, what, three years ago, four years ago, that Microsoft doesn't care about selling an Xbox. They want you to have the Xbox software on your PC, on your TV – on your phone, and guess where we're at with xCloud? It's on your phone. Like, have you guys used xCloud yet? No, I <laughs> no, I can't say Hold I on, have. hold on, hold on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not a powerhouse, <laughs> but the thing that amazes me is that it's... Uh, Jose, it's ca- I needed that, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, because, like, how many kids play Fortnite on their phone at school? 
uh, probably uh, more than should. Yeah. So if Microsoft can tap into that, like you can, you, you can like, hey, I got all my games that play on the playground. It's it's kind of taking a little bit of uh, Nintendo's lunch a little bit, kind of thing. If you think, about oh yeah, it. no, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm I'm hyped about the concept of all these cloud based solutions. The reality is, until we have a federal government that can clear the way for effective ISPs. It's oh all sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and hence the reason why that no one in their right mind should have wanted anything to do with Google Stadia. So well, like, well, that's, that's, correct. Well, here's the thing, here's the difference between Stadia and Microsoft. Microsoft is going to throw it in their package, like, hey, it, you just get it if you're oh, in the ultimate. Yeah. I, oh, I, for I, sure, for sure. I can't, I can't even think of a, of a. I mean, the way that Google approaches things, it seems as if somebody at at Google's headquarters one day said, "Hey, why don't we do this?" And then, and then decided to try it. it there's, I, yeah. But well, I don't, I don't think you guys state. are giving it enough credit, though, because think of it this way. You know, you purchase some games um, on, on the Stadia. You know, if, if it fails, you know, the bright side is uh, the, ser- the servers go down, you lose the games forever. Oh, yeah, good point. I mean, that is definitely the bright <laughs> side. <laughs> Listen, Google never walks away from anything at all. I mean, Stadia isn't, Ever. Going, to, isn't going to join the Google graveyard at all. No, 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 no. It's no. staying forever. Yeah, Stadia <laughs> too, right? What Am I right? But in, in but in Microsoft's defense, to be fair, they've done the right thing. The thing with the X Cloud is that it's a someday thing, and it really there will come a time. When super advanced computers we don't own supplement the graphic rendering pipe and physics pipe of our localized whatever. Well, sure. Okay. But it's just not today. It's not well, five years from now. Like, like I would say it, it would be on a game by game basis. Uh, and I'm only saying that because I played like Puyo Puyo Tetris on it. And it's fine. <laughs> like, 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 like. You have to play games, uh, I guess, knowing the limitations of the technology. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've tried like to play chess. Hit- I I tried to play Hitman on that thing, and it's uh, it, yeah, uh, Miss Man. It's, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a lot of failed contracts, I could tell you that. Uh, I'll believe it. <laughs> also, can can we also talk about because we're talking about the hardware? Um, but then we also mentioned, you know, it's about software. You know, in all ways it is because um, ever since, uh, I want to say Jim Ryan took over at PlayStation at Sony, uh, he telegraphed a lot of things that they are now doing. Like, he talked about the importance of a very strong first-party apparatus, and now Insomniac is actually officially <coughs> in the fold. And while people made the joke that it really seemed like they were in the fold already. People forget that at the beginning of this generation, the biggest game that they had that uh, was going to release was Sunset Overdrive, published by Microsoft. Sure. Uh, And a lot of their games, the only two games they did with Sony, were Ratchet & Clank and Spider-Man. Spider-Man being a huge one, because that's their best-selling game they've ever done. Um, Next to God of War, the new one, which was a very impressive turnaround for them. But, you know, like Song of the Deep... Um, they also they also submitted their uh, or developed their own VR games. They also did mobile games. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff was third party, but now they actually have the backing of Sony. And what people don't realize is publishers are underrated 
as far as the the kind of games that they can support. So what I mean by that is there is an Insomniac employee who posts on Reset Era, and uh, he posts there, uh, you know, a, a good amount. And they were talking about Spider-Man, how it came to be. And what they what they had said was, you know, Marvel approached Sony and said, hey, make, you know, we, we would like you to make some kind of Marvel game. So Sony approached Insomniac and let them pick whatever they wanted. And they wanted to do Spider-Man. And the reason they were excited was because single-player games with a narrative focus, the publisher pipeline in Sony is very, very good to make that happen. So yeah, they make a lot of those games, but that's because their publisher pipeline allows that to be. Not if, if any other publisher was in charge, it might not have been the same game because Sony's apparatus is so powerful in terms of making something like Horizon or Uncharted or God of War or Days Gone or Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us that those kind of games are able to be made more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so with them, now they have a big VR developer, like a, a developer who could actually make a quality VR game. Um, in addition to Sony London, who made Blood and Truth, and Sony Japan, who made uh, Astrobot, they're, they're building that, but they also have somebody who can make cute single multiplayer games, and that's probably not the only one. Bluepoint, I think very likely, since they were in that Wired article, is making something which I hope is a Demon Souls remake that launches with the PS5 that I'm going to disappoint myself with because I'm already expecting <laughs> that. Um, you know, you, you have... They're building their apparatus. They're just not announcing it at the E3s. And Microsoft, which had their absolute worst generation for first party, like, I've never not been less interested in their first party. Yeah, I, I don't think that's as, no, yeah, let's not. I, let's, let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, look, I just don't really give a rat's ass about Microsoft, except Ori. That's the only one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's, it's fair to say rare. this. I think it's fair to say that each company is now specifically doing something different, which is actually great. Microsoft has the best distribution platform. Sony has the best in-house content generation. And Nintendo has a portable. Someone has to make one. Somebody does. Well, I mean, Sony stopped, so just Nintendo now. I know, buddy. I remember February (laughs) 15th. I remember the Vita. (laughs) It, it, was was good, it, was, it was good. It was good. Unit 13 forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, I think I'm quite positive for the upcoming changes in the technology, the consoles. And, yeah. Um, and just like you guys were talking about, it's it's not even, <coughs> I wouldn't even say it's the first party games that are really the most, more captivating, but it's like the indie guys are going to try new things on these consoles. And that's kind of what I kind of look forward to trying to find all about the first it's all about the first <laughs> no because seriously i love i love the indie games but i gotta say i gotta say the the amount of times that i have played through stuff like horizon and god of war and how much that i'm in thoroughly enjoying death stranding which is such it's such a weird game but such a monumental one that's where all my focus is now okay. that said 
Um, I played Dead Cells for the first time last year, and it was phenomenal. I, I must have clocked in nearly 90 hours to get to the actual true ending, and it was... it. I cannot wait for whatever they have. Well, well, if you have not played all Dead Cells, play it. Not to, not to cut you off or anything, but how do you feel about Sony finally making games for PC? Uh, you know, it, it was kind it, of... That goes back to the first party thing, because at that point, it's... It's going to be a multi-platform game, right? Or, or is that still technically Sony? I mean, I guess it's still technically. But, like, I've been thinking over the past few years that we might be getting to a point where we're platform agnostic. Where, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, they'll make their hardware, but that won't be the requirement to play the game, potentially. Although getting the streaming service might. You know, like something like Halo might not be available for PS Now, for example. Whether uh, anyone likes it or not, it means Microsoft's right about what they're doing. IPs aside, Microsoft I mean, like, yeah. is Death on Strand- to something. Death Stranding is coming to PC. What was the other two games you guys were talking about? Yeah, well, Dreams and Horizon. The way yep. it is, uh, for Death Stranding, uh, the publisher is actually 505 games, not right. That's right. Uh, Sony. For but it, we, we should say very clearly, it's Horizon Zero Dawn and Dreams, and Dreams. are... Rumored to be. Okay. Now, it's Kutaku who broke the story. <laughs> it's, and, Jason, it's Jason Schreier, let's be right. specific. So. That's true. And he has, he has chops, and he's often right. So it's likely. But it's, it is a big deal. It's a really big deal because it it's, means it, that Microsoft's correct, it's and Sony the walls tipping, are starting to crumble. It, it's Sony dipping their feet in the water kind of thing. You know, They're going to try it and see how yep. it goes. That's exactly what they do. They don't have to give up pole position. They do rule video games, more or less. But the fact is, they are trying it because they don't want to fall behind. In and, case and, it is and more viable. And, and look, and, but, but, and here's the thing. There's no real risk. Correct. There is no real risk. Nope, there isn't. I mean, I mean That's right. You're, you're essentially developed, I mean, the... The dev units that are that create these games, well, they're PCs anyway. But yep. most the internals of a PlayStation consoles are mainly are PC parts. Yep. Arguably, know, arguably, uh, Sony has smartly let Microsoft do the work for them. Yeah, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. The, you know, hey, it looks like the PC. Because let me do this way: when Halo Reach was released on Steam. It shot to number one as far as yep. most be, and it had an, an inc- and a, a huge amount of players yep. on it. Well, for good reason. It's it's a damn good game, but as well, will it, Death Stranding. That will but, happen as well. But, it will. Yeah, but, it will it, though. It, yeah, I mean, it'll I mean, sell. You're, you're not amazingly. wrong. You're not wrong. And, and there is it's and it's it's practically no. It's it is effectively a zero risk proposition. Totally. It, it's I mean, something they were really forced to do because at some point, you know, if, if you're that behind, you have to change the conversation. Now, the conversation changing is all corporate speak. Like, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's the only way they could really do it because they stopped reporting sales numbers. Um, uh-huh. But their, their message, I think, is interesting. By the way, my lady friend is here now, so I'm probably oh, going to okay. get off soon. Um, but um, – like okay, here's how I remember because here's what I here's what I always found very interesting with the the way the the way their their PR has changed. I remember at the very beginning when we were looking at first, a lot of people couldn't believe how well the new consoles were selling in 2013, right? <laughs> um, 
And everybody said, oh, it's just because people are, are hungry for new tech. And now, you know, PS4 is going to be one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Like, like it's nuts how this happened. <coughs> um, but Xbox came out of the gate very strong as well. And the big thing then was, up, oh, and it's released in less regions. So, just wait. You know, it, it's going to change. In 2014, it didn't change, but they had, I think, a stronger exclusive lineup at that point. You know, they had stuff like Project Spark. They had stuff like Sunset Overdrive. Wait, 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 wait. Project, what? what? I forgot about that game. <laughs> yeah, what? you know, Project, Project Spark. Spark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like Dreams before Dreams. Yeah. Very yeah it, it, but you it, had stuff like Sunset Overdrive it, before... Listen. Well, well, here, the, I think I think the the thing that Microsoft they shot themselves and the, they pretty much cut their their whole left leg off before the gate even opened with the they whole did. down damn matrix stuff because it like they had to walk back so many things that they so most like poorly uh, marketed saying that if you know there's a console for for people what was it the people want to play offline people, it's it, a three sixty it was yeah it's a three sixty yeah, which so, is whoa, so they, boy. They, they pretty much like you know they. they there was no coming back from that, and it proved this past seven years. You you can see it like this just wasn't. Yeah, but but it's all it's all like PR. Like that's amazing. Like in 2015, their big thing was Xbox is the only place where you have Halo and Gears and Fable and Tomb Raider and Forza all this year. And now it's well, we don't really care, and we really should be getting stuff everywhere. And we really wish other developers would do more oh, sure. of this. Well, they don't. Or, it's you they know, don't have bullets for the guns so they want to show you all the different guns you can purchase <laughs> yeah that's basically that's it. it's, it's changed so much but what gets me is how people how actual gamers just repeat the pr lines like i well, think this that's humans has, don't you think but I that's mean, look. really this generation to me has really really put that in perspective because sure. it's literally the same people went from Nothing's coming out right now, except except on the Xbox. To to well, it's all about the future, and now they have a bigger uh-huh. uh, lineup. And it's I'm just like, hey, y- if if you want to see, it will never end. It will never stop. If you yeah. it, console wars may have died down a bit, but trust me, just go to any PC forum and and listen to AMD Nvidia guys argue. It's sad. I but I, I really do think I I just I'm under the impression my way is that to a certain extent Microsoft is removing itself. I mean yes they're, they're they're yes of course they gave the usual spiel about how the Scarlet is going to be the most powerful console ever made yada 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 whatever. Sure, sure, sure. But they've largely I think making a very they've made a conscious effort to remove themselves from that particular type of head to head competition. Absolutely. They are doing something different. Game Pass is something different because, let's face it, a Game Pass contains a lot of, uh, has a, lots of other publishers on it, not just them. And it's more importantly, it's finally a, a piece of the puzzle that plugs into Windows logically. Yeah, it does. Right? I mean, exactly, because it, it, you do not need physical. For it at Correct. all, right? It's, it's, X Cloud. It's it's, it's <laughs> X Cloud. And, yes. and, and I mean, <laughs> honestly, when I look at when I look at the subscription services that are better better available, you know, X. I mean, the Game Pass is the no brainer uh, for absolutely. me. I think it's it kind of the, the way I see it. It's like 
I don't want to say it's one to one, but it's like uh, Blockbuster and Netflix, right? Um, sure. Blockbuster was, <laughs> the, was the top. It, it was like ruling. That's the way it was. That's the way it's always going to be. And then Netflix decided, like, we're going to try lots of different things because we can't compete with you in the brick and mortar place, right? So right. they did the different things. the product. Now you have what XCloud, uh, Origins, Ubisoft, yeah, PlayStation Now, and you know what the funny thing is with PlayStation Now? I know they they I don't have it. I know they cut the price in half. Who does? No one does. Well, it's too expensive. No, that's the thing. Everybody does because of all oh. all the streaming services. The PlayStation PlayStation Now. Oh, has you mean more, it's available to people in a lot of well, places? Well, not just available. Yeah. It the market share. Places now owns over half of it in comparison to Game Pass, EA, all the others combined. It's oh, it's it's like this low key beast who, really? yeah, it. I does. don't. I haven't seen that anywhere. Can you point me to an <laughs> oh, article on that? Or yes, and oh, and this is great uh, pie graph that shows it. But PlayStation Now is as, and that was before the the price cut to it because there's 800 games on the service, and some of the good things that Game Pass did, where you could actually download the game, so you didn't have uh, the latency issues. Sure. We're put in for stuff like PlayStation 2 Classics and PlayStation 4 stuff, and I'm going to assume also PlayStation 5. So that's 800 games. It's like Sega Channel on steroids. Like all the streaming services, to me, because all of them are doing it, are... Wait, somebody, hold on, somebody help me out here. Is PlayStation Now streaming? It's both streaming and downloading. It's it's it's. And how many titles of the eight hundred titles are downloadable to play on a local client? No, not that much. No, 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 that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, so that's more like sort of Stadia. Do it this way. You cannot let me. So you cannot download Bloodborne to play on your local client. Yeah, that's no bueno. Right. So that's the that that is a key for me. That's a key differentiator. Right, I see. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, it, well, uh, yeah. so it has a service footprint, but I'm not getting the same fidelity or experience. No, yeah, no, okay. no, no, right. no, no, not, no. Not I, I, Bloodborne was, I thought it was anything that was PlayStation 4 and anything that was PlayStation 2. The problem was getting the PlayStation 3 games to download because they were using... But, you know, yeah, place totally free. different hardware. But, but I'm yeah, but I'm not going to be able to download blood if I have PS now. I'm not going to be able to download Bloodborne on my PC to play it. I'll stream it. I can stream it to play on it, but I can't right, download. Right, right. I I am not going to be downloading an executable for Bloodborne. Correct. On the, on that was my understanding. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, a lot of them you can download now, and that's the thing they. They don't talk about it as much during their conferences, but that thing is a beast, guys. Like, I'm telling you, especially with the price cut in half, I'm actually finally thinking of doing a trial for it. Because before, I was just like, eh, nah, I ain't going to do nine ninety nine. Is it $9.99? Yeah, they cut uh, the price in half last year. Yeah, I could have swear it was like like 30 bucks. Like at long they, they they cut the price in half across the board okay. for all possible tiers. It, I, I think what it is is that uh, Microsoft has developed um, things like Game Pass that have gotten some great lauds, as it should, for a lot of hardcore gamers. But a lot of hardcore gamers are not the mass, and they, they don't seem to get it just because they don't see something happening. It doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's what's amazed me with PS now. It's that 
that service has improved considerably with a really huge library. I mean, not comparable to any other library with the 800 games. And people think, oh, man, Sony's got to step it up. It's like half over half the market share plus plus a, 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 like a Guinness World Record for the PlayStation 4, like fastest selling hardware or something crazy like that. And they finally found the formula to create games that actually sell. Because before, it was always, well, it shouldn't, they're not selling as much as they probably should. You know, the, and the Uncharted 2s, you know, and the Demon Souls and the Ratchet and Clangs. Now, all of a sudden, it's like God of War and Spider Man are like top 10 for NPD. And they're only on one console. I can't imagine what they would sell if they were ported to PC, but they're out the frick control, guys. Like, they're probably wiping their ass in hundreds right now in, in a very scary way. It's like Scrooge's money. I mean, I don't think there's any friendly way for that. So, yes. No. No. <laughs> there's only, one, there's only one way pit. to do it. There's only one way to do it, man. It's just with the, with the scar uh, on uh, your face. The expert is here, actually. <laughs> Um, I, I believe you have seen someone, sir, in your former line of work, wipe their ass with a hundred. But, but but there is a but there is a there. Oh, that's a, that's actually very funny. Uh, <laughs> or this way, I am subscribed to Xbox Game Pass through 2022. At this point, right? It's, Boy, you've been buying those deals, huh? I've been buying hell on those deals, right? <laughs> because I can download them. Sure, absolutely. I, I have no desire. To, for, to spend a dime on PS Now because I can't download it. Sure. What if they change yeah. that completely? Then if I they, would... If sure. They well, that's it, the if thing. they changed it to the point where I got a native executable for Bloodborne on or Uncharted 4, even though I'm not a, an Uncharted series fan, whatever the case may be that I can put on my PC, that, that changes the equation for me. That does. Gotcha. But but just streaming? Nope, not interested. Just not interested. Not with American internet infrastructure. Correct. Not interested at all. Absolutely, it's an, it's an inferior experience. So that's why what matters is what you can download to a local device. And um, obviously, that's still something of a good value proposition for people who are console exclusive. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're only on the console side, now that they've cut the price and they have that library, maybe that is a pretty decent deal. Um, me personally, one of the things I like about Game Pass is it lets me leverage my hardware on the PC side. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. What I pay for is what I get, including enhanced fidelity. So that's nice. Gears 5 was very hot. It was so hot. I think I downloaded that. Did I download that? I Hold on. Good check. <laughs> It was lovely, and yet still, and to reiterate my theme, I really feel that this was the year that AAA stumbled, even when they did it well. Yeah, I, just, I, download, I downloaded Gears 5. I just wanted to yeah. that I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfectly, it's, 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 it's a really good game. It's just a solid 8. Um, but it didn't offer anything new that you haven't played before in Gears of War, so... Uh, Guys, I just, I, I'm pretty sure I gotta go right now, because we've gone two hours... The aforementioned lady friend who's staring at you going, really? Still? Yeah, like, guys, is this what you do on a Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It, it, was, it was funny. I'm like, oh, we're starting at 6. I, I'll be done way before that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I forget oh. that we have like 
a year and a half's worth of, of podcasting to catch up on. So. Yeah. We, we just have to warm up. And that first 45 minutes, it's always like, what will we talk about? And then we get to shit talk. Look, look at here, Marco. I, I gave you one reason to bitch about Kingdom Hearts, and you did like five. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 son. I'm shocked. I was seriously shocked. I'm like, <laughs> how can I not like this game? I like the first two. And then I'm like, the hell? You know, like, I, I just don't know. I don't know I, why. I, they I feel the pain. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yep. <laughs> All right, y'all. Enjoy Love the rest it. of the cast. Don't Thanks, talk man. too much. See you, Marco. All right. Later, Marco. <laughs> Later. So how the hell do we put a bow on this thing? It's going to be an interesting year. I'm, I'm definitely excited. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about the games that got uh, delayed, which we sh- we will. You know what? That's something we'll talk about in the next podcast. Well, next. I mean, we'll hey, have we a got a whole year. We got it exactly. <laughs> actually, we are actually. This is this is actually for our listeners. This was actually a New Year's resolution that we were going to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, from, it, from two years ago, this resolution from two years ago. Promise kept, but slightly <laughs> delayed. Uh, you you heard <laughs> guys, the Dipcast is back, rebooted. We are the Andrew Garfield of podcasts. Um, oh, that that was the guy. Right? <laughs> that was the guy. Okay, that was the Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, until so we take another hiatus, then we'll come back as the um, is it Tom Holland? Holland? Is it Tom? Ho- Tom something. Tom Selleck. Tom Ho- the Tom Selleck of Spider Man. Selleck. Tom Selleck of Spider Man. Tom Selleck of Spider Man. That's you know? where we'll be. <laughs> we are the Quigley Down Under of Kingdom Hearts Three. Exactly. Uh, but thank you guys for joining me uh, thank again. You. Thanks, we got- Beth. We got Wade, we got Sully, me, Def, a.k.a. Jose. And the fact, the fact of the matter is that we're, if you're listening to this and you'd like to join us, we're always happy to have people come on. And also, a little, a little tip and advice. We are all, you know, like, we talk. We're talkers. We do this. You mm-hmm. just got to jump in. Exactly. Jump in. Don't feel jump. uncomfortable. Don't feel like you're the new guy. Even if you are, screw it. Jump in. And also, this is going to be uh, the schedule of the release. I'm thinking Saturday morning podcast. Because uh, I think there's there so many podcasts during the week that I run out by the time I get to the weekend that it's mm-hmm. nice to have something to listen to on the weekend. So what do you guys think? Saturday mornings or do you guys have a preference on release? The fact that they even exist is magic. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as Wade's covering the bill, we'll go on forever. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> nah, Gentlemen, okay. it was good to ride again. Have Bye. a good Bye. evening. Good night. Yep. Happy good 2020. Night. Yep. Same. <laughs>